weird and exciting gigs in Southern California, I made the move to New York. And again, like picked up, you know, that was my goal was to just be in a band and be in a great rock band. And Welcome to the Artist Engineer Podcast. Join me, Tony Tran. And me, Bill Robert Palsy. Along with our amazing guests, as we explore how people's inner artist and inner engineer present themselves in their technical careers, in the art they create, and most importantly, in living creative lives. Our guest today is David Voigt. David has spent over 25 years as an independent engineer, producer, and arranger in Brooklyn, New York working with producers such as John Cale, Bryce Goggin, and Chad Blake. At the same time, Dave has been a full-time technologist for over 15 years. Most recently, he was the front-end engineering manager at the Economist Intelligence Unit. Dave tells us how he was able to balance both a web development career and a music career, the reasons you might find so many musicians in the web development profession, and how being open to opportunities led to his career transitions including his return to making music full-time in Cleveland, Ohio. And at The Economist is where Dave and I know each other. We worked there together for over 11 years. And Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tony. I'm happy to be here. I'm honored that you guys even considered inviting me on. So yeah, really, thank you. Awesome. I think we have a lot to talk about. First question, why don't we go all the way back to the beginning, if we could. And I know you started in the music industry. Can you tell us how that started? and maybe some of the different things you've been involved with uh, over time from the beginning, even through now? Yeah, sure. Um, I think uh, my pathway into the music industry, per se, was facilitated just by my being involved in as a musician and uh, playing in bands. You know, I grew up in a, I wouldn't say an artistic family, but my parents were both big readers and they both loved music. There was always music in the house. So that just became my main thing pretty early on in my life. After I left college, uh, I moved to California to uh, play in a band out there and did that for about a year. But I knew that I always wanted to get to New York. So after a year of playing a ton of weird and exciting gigs in Southern California, I made the move to New York. And again, like picked up, you know, that was my goal was to just be in a band and be in a great rock band. And now, as far as the industry goes, yeah, I mean, at one point I was at a studio in Hoboken. Uh, recording a record with a band of mine. And this was like in the early 90s. You know, I think it was the first time a light bulb went off in my head. I mean, it was a great experience in the studio, the best that I had had so far, working with great engineers. And, you know, it was the first time I started to think, well, this is actually something that I can do uh, for a living, possibly. It's like take my love of music and turn it into something that I could have a job doing. 
you know, up until that point, I just had, you know, random day jobs, you know, getting by and playing in the band and rehearsing and all that stuff. So I think that was my first kind of intro into the music industry and, and, and music technology, so to speak. I mean, after I was finished doing this record, a few weeks later, I called the studio manager and said, you know, I really, I've always loved music. I've always loved recording music and the technology around music. You know, how can I get in there and, and try to make this work for me? And she said, wow, you know, you called it the perfect time. Uh, you know, one of our engineers just left. So she said, come on out next week and, you know, we'll talk about it. And, and so basically that was how I kind of got into the music industry. So I hear one interesting um, pattern here that sounds like it might be repeated in your career where you picked up kind of a new skill set, you know, like an adjacent skill set from musician to a producer of music, maybe working in, in the industry. How did you uh, pick up those skills? Was it something that kind of piqued your interest, the technical side of that? Uh, or yeah. was kind of a means to? Uh, uh, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Um, I, I, well, to go back to like maybe um, when I was maybe five, six early on, my because my father was in the military, um, he traveled a lot. And my parents would often, you know, send letters back and forth, but they would also send these little tapes. Uh, they, you know, they both had little tape machines and uh, they would record uh, tapes and mail them back and forth to each other. Uh, so I inherited these machines when I was pretty young and I was always fascinated with them. Um, fascinated, I've always been fascinated with things that spin for some reason whether that's airplane propellers or anything, something about spinning, but the, you know, and being able to record, I would sit with my little sister and record these little things with our voice. We would record music off the radio. And I mean, that was, I think early on my biggest, um, uh, at least in, inside my brain, like what I could do with technology. And then, and then, you know, back up to the time period we were just talking about, um, and this it also kind of dovetails with how I got into the web development um, and, and that aspect of technology is that I realized that um, there was so much you could pick up. You didn't need to go to school per se for it, if that makes any sense. You know, I mean, you could just, uh, just by watching and listening and, and talking to people and, you know, uh, viewing source, so to, so to speak, <laughs> you know, viewing the source code, that's how I taught myself how to code. And as far as, the music side goes, I mean, I took some lessons, but I never took any kind of schooling as far as the technology and, and using it and becoming an engineer. I mean, that was all just from instinct and, and listening to records and read, reading a lot. I've always been a huge reader, so I've always been interested in how people do things. Um, so I, just, I picked it up from there. And, 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 and then as my career progressed, I just started working with better and better people and learning more and more. And, um, just continued doing that, going down that path. That theme of uh, the kind of barrier to entry being uh, low. We had another interview with a person who mentioned IT and saying it was a low bar. I said, well, maybe not a low bar, but the low barrier to entry. There isn't some artificial barrier of getting in. It's kind of you can figure out your way in by learning a little bit about it. And then it's a question of learning. And as you say, using your intuition and wanting to learn, being curious. And creative and that's interesting that you connected that to music because I guess you know particularly maybe not so much in the classically trained right. world but certainly in rock and roll and a lot of other genres it's a question of you pick up I think I heard Neil Young once say you know I picked the guitar up and I figured out how that worked pretty quickly 
you know, and it's just yeah. like feeling it. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I love that, that connection. And you're absolutely right. I mean, that, I um, would never say that uh, going to school or learning, you know, uh, formally how to do something, that's all, that can never be a bad thing. Um, but as you say, you know, that's a certain path you're going down. You want, to, you want to play in an orchestra or you, you want to be classically trained at something. And, you know, in, in as far as the web technologies, um, yeah, you can learn an awful lot by uh, being in a classroom or sitting with someone or being mentored. Um, but on the other hand, you know, you phrase it really well. It's the barrier to entry as well. If you're really motivated and you really want to learn and you have the passion for doing it, you'll sit there in your bedroom or in front of the computer or whatever for hours and hours and hours and just figure it out yourself. And speaking about, um, uh, you mentioned moving into web development, front-end development. Mm -hmm. um, I th can you tell us how that started? Uh, you said, we talked about low barrier to entry, but it seems like a, a bit of a, more of a shift uh, from music, uh, musician to producer to web development. How did that start the yeah. web development career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it, it does seem on one level like a huge, kind of a big leap, but I'm, and I'm sure both you guys know this. I mean, over time, I kind of learned that there are actually a lot of people in web development that started out as musicians or, and I shouldn't even say started out, but just are musicians or are, you know, do other things. And, you know, it, make, it made more and more sense and made me more confident later on. Um, I guess to go back to the beginning, um, you know, I was lucky enough to uh, have some friends early on that were, uh, you know, not the earliest, but pretty early adopters of having a computer, basically, to phrase it, you know, that way. One of them being Dino, who you know, Tony, um, from Periscopic. I mean, he, you know, I remember him having, I don't remember what the motto was before the Quadra, but he had some really early Macintoshes. He was really into computers, and that kind of, um, you know, got me thinking about it, and I was always fascinated with what he was doing. And then in the studio, computers were not really to be found very often but at one point um, I think probably late 90s early uh, early knots um, you know I started to uh, talk and work with a couple people who were using computers in the studio so basically I think my initial entryway was because of the computer I mean I know that sounds kind of stupid I mean also it's uh, I've always loved making things. So the idea of making things with a computer always uh, appealed to me. And, and then I became the guy in the band who was like, well, I'll build a website. You know, every, there's these things called websites now and every, you know, it seems like it's a good thing to have. And, you know, I started uh, tinkering around and uh, I think, I don't remember what the Macromedia product, I don't really remember the name anymore but it was an early, you know, website builder kind of WYSIWYG thing. Uh, I mean, there was Dreamweaver. I remember that early on, but then Macromedia had a product too that was pretty cool. Um, and so I kind of downloaded like a cracked version of that, I think, or, or something along those lines. And that kind of, you know, those tools, uh, you know, I stopped using those kind of tools uh, after a while because, um, some of the people in early web development, I, I don't know if you guys know Jeffrey Zeldman, uh, you know, that name, I mean, really early pioneer of web standards and, and um, you know, uh, just kind of uh, the coolness factor around building websites back in the day. You know, he would say, yeah, these kind of uh, WYSIWYG things are fine, but, you know, if you really want to be cool and you really want to know what you're doing, 
just start viewing the source on websites and um, you know, the, the code that these editors spit out are, are, is not great. And I mean, back in those days, I don't think anyone outside of like geeks really even knew or cared about that. But I started realizing, yeah, like, um, you know, it's better to learn how to do this for real. Um, but those tools were important to me early on. So I would build the websites for the band and, and that's was my initial entry point. And I came in through it that way, like in the, the design angle of websites. Again, in an interesting parallel with my uh, engineering career, I, uh, this was right around the time when computers were starting to get more ubiquitous in the studio. And, you know, I was working probably 80, 90 hours a week, um, really just for almost no money. I mean, at one point, I started, I went freelance, even though I was still on staff at one of the studios and started to make a little bit more money. And, and I mean, did some great gigs, traveled all over and worked in great studios. But, you know, as you guys, I'm sure know, you know, when you have a freelance career, um, the money is, um, you know, that can become an issue. It, it's not, it's a, it's a constant source of tension, basically, like when your next gig is going to come and all that kind of thing. Um, but uh, again, going back to the parallel, I thought to myself, well, okay, like maybe I can translate this making, you know, I know how to make a website basically. And uh, I know that people get paid for doing this, I think. So, uh, you know, I, again, like just like calling the studio, I, there was a small um, little design boutique design development shop in Dumbo called Four Eyes Productions. And uh, I don't know if I saw their ad in the voice or, or, or what, but you know, I didn't have a portfolio, but I had a couple websites that I had built, you know, for the bands that I was in. And I sent them over and applied for this uh, design job, design development. I mean, it seemed like everyone back then was a full stack engineer. And then it kind of like exploded, you know, like diversified. And now everyone is kind of going back to that. But back then it was like, well, we need someone to design and build websites for our local clients. And they called me and I went in there and, uh, you know, I... Uh, they said, well, we'll give you this amount of money and here's your G5 and you sit here in a beautiful office in Dumbo, you know, like looking right out at the bridge. And it was great. And I thought, well, this is going to be a big shift for me. But, um, but I mean, this is kind of what I've been sitting in front of a computer, like teaching myself to do. And now, you know, I have a job. And so that, that was my entry point into it. And I just took it from there. And I mean, that gave me a lot of confidence, you know, that, that I was able to um, get, a, get a paying job like doing building websites, which I really, you know, at that point still love to do. And was really endlessly fascinated with. Um, so that was that. And then, uh, you know, I went on to work at Periscopic because uh, Dino had started this company and um, he's like, Oh, you're doing this now. And so started working with him and then um, did some freelance gigs as well, but then, and then started at the EIU. And so that's basically in a nutshell, <laughs> not so much of a nutshell, but that's, yeah. <laughs> that's how I got in. That's how I got what? into technology. I kind of just, banged down the door, taught myself how to do it, uh, banged on the door and got let in, you know, yeah. I'm grateful that's, for that. That's great. I think you touched on a few very interesting things. Again, the story of in the early days, a really low barrier to entry. Uh, it was open to everybody and it gave a lot of people opportunity. I hope uh, in these times that, that um, kind of people with similar uh, kind of experience in other industries can, can jump into IT as well. That, that would be great. It, it's interesting. Keeping your eyes open to which is the other thing I kind of heard is, is, you know, there's that element of those opportunities you're out there. You have to kind of look around and what are they? And then actually, as you say, you actually need to ask 
because if you don't ask, the answer is always no, right? <laughs> right. So, so there's a, a um, and sometimes that's the hardest thing for people. It's like, well, I can't do that or I can't do that. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have to kind of fake it till you make it a little bit. Fake it till you make it. Yep. So, I love uh, so. That's great. <laughs> As you moved into a more full-time IT career, how did that affect the art, the music, creating music? other types of either audio engineering or just bands and, and your music creation? Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a shift. Um, as I said, I mean, I was used to spending a pretty much every waking second and even and also many seconds when I wasn't awake in a recording studio. And, when I was, and in this transition period for me, when I wasn't doing that, I was sitting at my desk at home learning how to build websites and, and like trying to figure out a a pathway for an additional career option. So sure, like over the years as I got into doing it full time, initially I had to draw back from taking gigs and especially ones that weren't gonna pay that much money but involved a lot of uh, time commitment, engineering gigs, um, because I had, um, I guess, quote unquote, a job. You know, I mean, I had a job and, it, and, you know, we talked about low barrier to entry. Yeah, that's fine, but that doesn't mean that I still didn't wanna be great at it and didn't wanna keep learning and. You know, so I, it wasn't something that I took lightly and thought, oh, well, you know, whatever, I can just kind of do this on the side, the web stuff. I mean, I, you know, my uh, first couple of years, um, I was always felt like I was having to prove myself. And when I, every gig that I started, I would have, I felt like I have to prove myself. So yes, I ended up spending a lot less, I never stopped being in bands. I mean, I've, I've had a band consistently or many different ones, you know, all throughout my career, but the time spent on that was less and less as I spent more and more time working my, you know, quote unquote, day job at this point, uh, web development and, and wanting to do well and impress people doing that. Um, but things kind of evened out at a certain point. I mean, after maybe five or six or seven years of doing it, I learned more about how to balance my time and manage my time. And, um, and, and one great thing I took out of it, one of the many things that I kind of took out of it is that as far as the music and engineering and accepting jobs and gigs, now that I had this other thing that I was making money doing and enjoying and taking some pressure off me, I started accepting jobs that I really, really wanted to do rather than ones that I had to do just to make money. Um, and that was also very liberating. So started out a big shift away from being able to spend time on music and making music, but in the middle somewhere, it kind of balanced out and, and it, kept on doing that throughout my career and, you know, even up until the past, uh, you know, few years and, and Tony knows this, you know, I, I, I feel like I got pretty good at being able to uh, balance those two things out. I mean, sure. Were there times when on one side or the other that I thought, Oh, I wish, you know, there were about 50 more hours in a week, you know, I could use a, a, some more hours, but you know, on the whole, I think it, it, it worked out. And I think that's what it is. It's just a matter of time management and, you know, figuring out your threshold for how much sleep you need every night. <laughs> I think that's a great story. It's a success story, actually. I know a few people we talked to have tried to do the same thing, balance a corporate job, which they enjoyed, with artistic pursuits, and they found that very difficult. And uh, you were able to do kind of both at the same time. I mean, it wasn't easy, you know, it wasn't easy, but it was something that I figured I needed to figure out how to do. You know, I, I couldn't, couldn't make the choice one or the other. I mean, uh, and you know, one aspect, 
about both things, especially uh, nowadays, is, you know, you can work both those jobs at, at any point in time. I mean, you know, web development is usually a product-driven product driven cycle. You have, uh, you have timelines and things. And uh, if you want to work from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., you get, you get the work done. You work with your colleagues. You get the stuff done. But you don't really have to say, well, I'm going to do this between 2 and 5. And the same with music. I mean, you, you know, so that you have a lot of flexibility as far as when you can schedule your, your work on, on both ends. Yeah. And you said something else, too, as you were balancing it out that I, I picked up, which was you were enjoying both. If you get so much fulfillment and enjoyment out of one activity and the other one is just, you know, just pulling you down or sucking your energy out, then that balance from just that perspective is harder to find, right? And you maybe end up just giving up one or the other and you're, you know, is I can't do this. But if, uh, if they're both kind of giving you energy, which often when you do something that you enjoy, you actually get energy from it, even if it is 100 hours. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. You, you do it, right? So uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel very fortunate that I have been in that position. I mean, and not had to, right, have look at one thing as like, oh, this is drudgery. I'm just doing this to get through so I can like do what I really want to do. You know, I never really felt that way, you know, because again, for me, it, it goes back to making things. I mean, in web development, you're making things, you know, you're making products in music, you're making things. So, I mean, that's always what I love to do. And, and yeah, uh, that's a great point, Bill. I mean, I, uh, and I'm endlessly grateful that I've, you know, maybe not a hundred percent of the time, but 99% of the time felt that, uh, that I was in a good position and doing two things that I really enjoyed. You mentioned both of those pursuits it was about making things. So can we go back to, what you said very early that you noticed a lot of musicians who are in IT or, or web development. Yeah. Did you ever figure out what that common thread is? Like why that's the case? Is it, is it? Yeah, I think it's, it's making things. It's computers, <laughs> you know, in a way, I mean, you know, I know it, everything is about a computer now, but I mean, that certainly facilitated. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it was one early thing going back to Jeffrey Zeldman who, um, you know, really, I can't say enough about the guy. He's not the only one, but I mean, early on, I mean, he wrote some seminal articles in the late 90s. You know, he has his, um, his website, A List Apart. And I mean, he's just, you know, he's an icon of the, of the industry. When I found out that he was in rock bands and he liked to play music, I mean, that gave me a shot in the arm too. Every week that went by, there would be some new web dev guru who also was in a band. And I, and I don't know where that comes from. I, mean, I think, as you said, Tony, it's about making something. It's about, I mean, if you really want to get into like a kind of a pragmatic frame of mind, I think when you're an artist and you're not going to commit your whole life to struggling and struggling hard, you do think, well, what else can I do, you know, to make money that is going to, that it's going to like, that I'm going to be able to enjoy and and as we, the three of us were discussing before, it has a relatively low barrier to entry, at least, you know, in those years. And, and what can I do? And, you know, and I think so a lot of musicians or maybe other kind of, um, you know, struggling artists saw that as something cool and interesting and, and that you could make money doing. And so I think from a pragmatic standpoint, that probably had a lot to do with it as well. Um, but yeah, I think if I had to pick one thing, it would be I'm going to have one foot in the so-called so corporate world, you know, but I'm going to do something that makes sense for me and that I enjoy doing and I can be creative, you know, which is, you know, I guess what we've been talking about so far, you know, it's like how to be creative in technology and where can I use my creativity and, 
you know, and unless you're working for, you know, unless you're doing some dark web stuff or you're, you're working for, you know, something that is going, that is anti-society, uh, most of the time you're building products that people are supposed to enjoy. And so that, that means a lot. Mm-hmm. What about, um, and I think you're right about the pragmatic element though. I, 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 I'm still looking for more like actors in IT. I haven't found as many actors. <laughs> right. so, I'm, well, so, I'm wondering, <laughs> so I'm wondering about mindsets. Um, even though I did see, I think the, the current actor of Superman was putting a PC together on the internet the other day, but he had his shirt <laughs> off and he looked pretty great. But, um, <laughs> but is there a, uh, I was wondering, I mean, there's a moment of mathematical mind to be able to be good at music. I believe yeah. because I think so much yeah. music is based on math and it's almost and a mathematical mind to be doing web development and technology at, at, at a very complicated level or data analysis or so many things. And I wonder if that connects the two some in some ways. I, I think it does. I think absolutely it does. I mean, math, I mean, you know, um, and, I, and I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a materialist. And, and, and I don't mean that in like, I like to buy a lot of things, but I mean, you know, uh, the other uh, definition of materialist, uh, I, uh, math is the one true thing in this world. And uh, it is true. And there's so much of math is tied up in music. And you do find a lot of musicians who are very good at math. I've, I've always loved mathematics. Uh, I never had a problem with it. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I loved it. And, and, and I, so I think you're right. I think that so much about programming and 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 uh, and music has to do with math and uh, and I would I would say that yeah you're right Bill I mean that's got that's got to have a big uh, a big uh, that's a big factor I think in it as well definitely I've noticed another uh, cohort philosophers actually gravitate toward IT as well because uh, they ah. have such structured mm-hmm. thinking um, in their kind of philosophy studies mm-hmm. so right. really interesting right. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, it's not, so, and it's not a lot of money in the philosophy industry talking about want to be pragmatic. Well, right, right. Good point. <laughs> I think that was really interesting to hear how you balance two careers. But today I hear you are making an interesting, exciting career pivot, Dave. You're going to go back to focusing exclusively on music. Uh, yeah. Can you I tell us about that, I mean, how that, how that came about? How did it come about? I think, and Tony, I, you know, we've had many discussions about this, yeah. uh, about career paths and about, I remember that chart you had up about this is what you're doing for 10 years, what you're doing for 10 years, you know, (laughs) as you get older and, you know, and so we, you know, we've talked about that and I, it's, it's, let me see, how do I make this a coherent thing? Um, Yeah. I mean, music has always been my first love. There's no doubt about that. Lived in New York for about 30, 30 plus years. First 10 or 15, pretty much focused on, music and then made that transition and then started to do both and and of course you know other other factors have precipitated this but but what i did find mostly it was just a matter of uh wanting to to use like a really uh kind of literary phrase like get like kind of head home in a way uh like kind of get back home or at least closer to back home um i just felt like okay i'm getting up there you know i'm not ancient but i am old and I have, you know, a certain number of years that I'm going to like actually have any energy left. And before I just, I'm like, all right, I'm sitting on the couch, you know, basically. But, uh, and I thought that, uh, you know, I kind of let myself, I, I kind of, I wouldn't say given, uh, you know, like kind of given up on some of my dreams, but I kind of put them on the back burner. And so, I mean, in a simple way, it was just, it's just a matter of, yeah, I want to get back to, 
kind of tipping the scales and um, getting back more into my first loves, which would be music. And, and that doesn't mean I'm abandoning technology or that I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm still open to opportunities and I don't, you know, I still, there's still a lot in web development that, that means a lot to me and I'm still excited about it and I still uh, think about it a lot. But, you know, for me, it was like, well, maybe it's time to reorient my focus. If a web dev or a management job or some kind of cool technology job was thrown in front of me, I certainly would be open to it. It's not like I have any bad feelings towards the industry or that I, I'm trying to escape from it. But, but in a way, I am trying to escape from it, if that makes any sense. <laughs> I'm trying to. I don't know if I'll be successful. You know? um, something might pull me back, but, but that's my mission for now. Yeah. You sound like someone uh, from a lot of your stories who's been open to opportunities and changing uh, as opportunities appeared. So uh, I'm sure you know you'll see how this goes. And as you said, if something excites you, you would you would wouldn't be scared to jump into it as well. I have a, I have a corny question to ask. Um, does Cleveland sure. rock? Cleveland does rock. <laughs> uh, you know, Cleveland is the rock and roll. Well, I mean, I know it's. But Cleveland does rock. It's always been a, a music town, a great music yes. town. Um, lots of great musicians uh, and many who I'm sure you guys have heard of. I mean, Devo, mm-hmm. uh, Chrissy Hine from the Pretenders. I mean, Joe Walsh. So many like yeah. classic rockers are from the area. And of course, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is here. Right. I was told so, not to make that joke because someone said I was going to date myself. But I so like I think the with the oh. three of us, we'd get it. So yeah, yeah, no, we get it. We're on the same page with that. I mean, I don't. Um, I kind of knew where you were coming from. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Great. So maybe one last question, Dave, to, to sure. wrap us up. Yeah. What uh, What excites you right now? Uh, either music or technology or life in general. What's uh, What are you looking forward to? Oh boy. Okay, that's a, that's an interesting question. Okay, I mean to start off on a personal note. I mean, I think the thing that is exciting me the most is, and Bill kind of just touched on this, is the open door. Like, I mean, I feel like, wow, I have doors opening. I haven't, I don't quite know where they lead and I'm not even sure where the doors are, but, you know, I feel this sense of possibility now, possibility, you know, and of course, you know, with the pandemic going on, that kind of threw a wrench, as I'm sure it's thrown many wrenches in all of our lives with certain things, you know, I mean, there's all that to consider now, but that being said, the pandemic aside, I feel this sense of wonder and, and opportunity and about the unknown, you know, what is out there. I know the path that I want to go down. I have some, some specific goals in mind, but, but beyond that, it's like I'm jumping off a cliff. And that's an exciting thing. I mean, when we were all in our 20s, we never even gave that a second thought. It was like we would decide to do something and we would do it. You know, you get older, you start thinking, well, if I do make that decision, then there's all, there's a, make the list of pros and cons. You're always weighing things and it can kind of stop you from making decisions. So that's a, a big exciting thing for me. As far as music goes, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think you want me to start talking about like, specific <laughs> artists out there. I mean, we, that would be a different topic. We can talk about that later. But um, yeah, I'm excited, I guess, on a weird nerdy recording level as with web development. And, you know, we're starting to see this migration towards just frameworks 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 clouds containers all that stuff you know do you what do you even have to do anymore except like initiate some things and push a button yeah same with music i mean there's been a lot of technology that's kind of 
overtaken music and you know i'm old school and i learned how to cut tape with a razor blade and rather than cut and paste on a computer so um and i've got a lot of gear you know that from that era so i'm excited to try to bring some of that back at least locally here to the recording scene and then technology um i that's a question mark i'm waiting i'm waiting to see what's going on i mean you know i'm if you spend enough time on Twitter and you follow like technology people, it's hard not to feel that, that it's kind of bleak out there in, in one way, you know, whether it has to do with diversity and hiring and toxic cultures and, and the rise of the monolithic framework and all that. I mean, it's, uh, there's still good to be done in the world with code and with technology. Um, but so often you see stories of how technology is used for nefarious purposes. And, mm. um, you know, that really turns me off, you know, so, so I'm, I'm, the jury's out on what I'm excited right now. And as far as web technologies go, I mean, there are lots of cool specific technologies that I'm excited about, but I feel like that's kind of for a different discussion probably. Great. Yeah. Uh, I am. And we're, I think really looking forward to your studio to hear about that and the music <laughs> okay. and things that have come out of that. So please let us know. That's all sounds great. Bill, do you have any, Last comments for, uh, for Dave? No, this was a terrific conversation. I want to thank you again for, for coming on the show with us. And uh, we're definitely going to stay in touch and, and look for uh, what comes out of Cleveland. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you guys again, Bill. It was a great meeting and talking with you, Tony. Great. Obviously, it's always great talking to you. And Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can email us at podcast at theartistengineer.com if you have show ideas or want to follow up with feedback or just want to say hi. We'd love to hear from you, so feel free to connect. You can find more information about this episode in the show notes at www.theartistengineer.com. And finally, if you enjoyed the show, please leave an iTunes review as it helps the show get discovered by more people. And also hit the subscribe button.